Greetings, this is Atma Boda. Today again is February 9th, 2022, and we've got another special guest. His name is Chandra Prakash Bora in Pune, India. Welcome, Chandra. Can I call you Chandra or should I say Chandra Prakash? Prakash? Chandra Prakash? Uh, yeah, Chandra will do. It's okay. Chandra, okay, awesome. Well, welcome. Thank you. Welcome. Yeah, so I just was saying earlier that being as though I'm in Chongqing, China right now, and you're in Pune, India, you're actually closer to me than everybody in America. <laughs> yeah, geographically also, like the time kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And your uh, your English is, is quite good. And that's why I admire about India is they is they tend to do a pretty good job of, of teaching everybody English. So you got an advantage over us Americans who are usually fluent in only one language, English. You guys can sp speak at least a couple. That's great. Yeah, that's, that's uh, quite an advantage. Uh, being born in a country where uh, there's a lot of multiple languages being spoken. So people here tend to be bilingual, or at least they know more than one language. That's an advantage, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. And culturally, too, there's there's definitely a difference in the West compared to India and, and the East. You know, one thing I admire about India, in fact, there's an old saying, in, uh, in America, you can make money, but in India, you can eat. <laughs> it's like, it's like in, in India, you've got enough enough rice and food to go around. Whereas in America, you might, <laughs> you might make money, but you might not have food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. The cost of living is uh, quite not that high in India. That's yeah. <clears throat> and there's a, just a sense of um, hospitality in that people want to make sure you're fed and, you know, take care of the basic needs. It's, yeah. Uh, uh, there is quite some uh, uh, hospitality, as you say. So yeah, that there is. If you go to a different town, also people will greet you like, uh, like a guest, and they will make sure to provide a positive experience for your time of stay. That's true. Yeah, and and one thing too, I noticed because I've visited India a couple times. The first time I visited, I it was quite some time ago. It was like a good. Uh, 25 years ago or, or coming on 30 years ago and spent about four and a half months traveling the whole periphery of, of India, starting in Calcutta and went to Bodh Gaya and Varanasi and up to uh, Rishikesh, actually Hardwar first, which is where I was the Kumbh Mela, which happens every 12 years in each of those cities, right? Yes, yes, true. That was an experience. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the, and for those that don't know, the Kumbh, Kumbh Mela is like the largest spiritual or religious gathering on the entire planet, where millions of people converge because they believe that if you take a bath in the Ganga River or whatever river it is, or the Yamuna, whatever, uh, depending yes. on the Ganges also. 
you come from a western point of view it's called ganges and in india we call it ganga ganga okay but they believe if you take a bath during that uh, auspicious time that you are absolved of sin basically and, and goes straight to heaven after you pass from this earth is that is that is that a fair assumption yeah it's absolutely correct yeah yeah and so it's it's definitely an experience you've got different religious communities there you got different gurus there and there's a big parade and it's yeah it's it's pretty incredible but but yeah i spent four and a half months there traveled around india from there i went to rishikesh and i went to dharamsala which is where the tibetan government in exile is and i went down in fact then i went to kashmir went through jammu and to kashmir srinagar lake srinagar stayed on houseboat for a week there and came back down and visited um, amritsar where the sikh temple golden temple is and went all the way down to like agra and kajraho and Mysore, Bangalore, and even went as far south as Pondicherry, which is <clears throat> considerably south. And, and I visited your hometown there too of Pune, and visited the uh, Osho ashram. So yeah, one thing that, that struck me about India, wherever I, I went, is the hospitality. And even if you go to a shop, it's like you, you know they, they serve you tea and they want you to sit down, and you're very well taken care of wherever you go. And I admire that. Yeah, that's true. Awesome! Like you almost traveled uh, across India and almost all of uh, uh, historical and religious places, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't go to the metropolitan Bombay. See, where else? I went to, uh, did you go to Chandigarh, which is quite a modern city with wide uh, roads and everything? And um, yeah, definitely well planned. Hmm. And gosh, what's the other major city? This is it's what's the city? What's the big New Delhi? I was in New Delhi also. Yeah, but one thing that really struck out is that in Calcutta, the very first day I went and I got a, a shave, and that was an incredible experience because they take a straight edge razor and they shave you, uh, just uh. It's definitely an experience, experience that you don't get in the West. <laughs> but it's all, it, it's all good. Uh, so, so let's tell me about yourself, Chandra. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't want to give too long of an intro here. Could you tell okay, us about uh, how, uh, more about you and your spiritual journey? Uh, one thing I admire about you, by the way, is that... Uh, you seem to have a great deal of insight and wisdom and you seem to have reached a place of, of bliss. Could you tell us a bit about that? Uh, okay. Uh, briefly, I'll uh, uh, talk about uh, uh, where I come from. Mm-hmm. So I'm based in Pune, India, as you know, and uh, I live with my wife currently. And it has been like three, three and a half years uh, prior to which I had the first uh, awakening experience. It was a spontaneous one. Like I was not uh, seeking spiritually anything and I was not even aware that any of such thing like blissful experience can be experienced in this life itself. Hmm. So there was a lot of, uh, lot of suffering 
prior to the what happened experience the opening up i would say so there was a question which came in my mind like what is the purpose of all this why why do we just uh, educate ourselves that we find a job then we get married uh, close to like october 2018 so this was constantly the whole month i was pondering and thinking about the purpose of life and suddenly on youtube i came across uh, plato's allegory of uh, cave video so that uh, really made me think about what really is happening like what we see is that all that there is or there is something behind this curtain and the whole day i was thinking pondering about that video and i was lying on my bed and suddenly thoughts stop all thoughts stop suddenly there was a pause there was an experience of timelessness there was nothing absolutely nothing and after that i was filled with a different kind of consciousness you can see something in me was felt like was breathing and was alive which i was not aware of up on, up un, until that point like uh, i can say in the head i felt like an expansion and contraction of an energy and it it produced bliss first time i understood what bliss was it produced an experience of well being a warmth in the heart it was uh, a totally different experience i would say from there mm. i would say my uh, spiritual journey started i was not even aware of what spirituality is i took religion and spirituality to be the same thing but from that that point of uh, time i was i would say not sp- religious but spiritual so uh, mm. that's it so many experiences followed so that's how it all started that's fascinating thank you for sharing and I, i'm kind of curious because you you know are are in india are you coming more from a hindu background uh yes i was born uh, into a family uh which primarily practices hinduism as a religion so yes i was uh, i did come across a lot of uh, uh like <clears throat> customs and traditions which are basically hindu in nature mm. so yeah so i know in hinduism they allow for these experiences within the context of hinduism because you can have direct experiences of krishna of vishnu of ganesha of you know these different you know hindu deities when you had this spiritual experience did you feel like it was associated with any of these uh, hindu gods or do you think it was not associated i i would say it was totally different experience than what i was taught when it actually happened it did not feel like i was a hindu mm. it felt very impersonal and the experience of god felt very impersonal like god is not what i thought god was the uh, idea of god religious idea of god is very different than the actual experience of god so it's very so- impersonal so would you say it's more of brahman then as opposed to the which is the same for all whoever will experience it will not uh, experience it in the way they have been taught by religion so what i understood afterwards after uh, settling down in my experience after a year or two is 
that these religions were uh, centered around uh, awakened beings who had experienced that truth and they tried to uh, experience explain it to people either verbally or through books but uh, those who have not experienced will probably misinterpret it and so the sects and groups are formed but the experience has to be the same truth is one god is one so whoever will experience it will experience it in the same way <clears throat> oh, that's, that's that's fascinating so you experienced this mind blowing cosmic expansion and coming from the context of hinduism you felt wow this is something new this is something different this is something special and this happened just fairly recently for you then is that right uh like 3 years back 3 3 and a half years back in 2018 it started but it kept uh, kept expanding new insights kept coming before this happened had you met any gurus or anything like that no never i've never uh, actively tried to uh, be spiritual or uh, met any guru there were many uh, religious guru which we would uh, watch on television but never did i meet any personally interesting and so after you experienced this uh, could you describe how that immediately impacted your life and kind of what happened after that uh for the first 6 months i was uh, in a state of bliss it was uh, effortless bliss i would say wherever i moved it i felt lighter i felt there was a sense of purpose back in life that there is something more than the material that we are spiritual beings by nature experiencing the material world the physical world and not the other way around hmm. and there was connectedness to nature to other animals to everything so i felt at peace at rest and there were no goals at that moment i was moving continuously in the present moment as if the higher power is taking care of me all my worries are taken care of i need not worry so mind was in a back seat and you and were happening that's amazing and you were married you were married when this happened yes i was married so so and i, I was meditating six months then so, so so if i may ask how did your wife feel about this did she have any notice any re- change in you yeah for the first six months i was very happy and as a consequence she was also happy definitely the conflicts just subsided any kind of arguments minor petty arguments they just subsided they stopped happening wow that's great thank you and you of course you're free to ask me any question you want as well so i don't want this to be all one sided <laughs> no no issue so uh, uh, i'd also like to uh, know like what what is your experience like what brought you into spirituality and what was the experience of the like highest truth that you experienced Well, it's kind of a long history for me because I know that I had an early beginning, you know, when I was uh, 19 and 20, early 20s is when I first, you know, discovered that there's something more 
than what science can could explain. Um, so I don't know if you want me to get into the past, like the early past, or if you want me to focus more on the the recent experiences. What do you like? Surely, uh, the most recent experience, like the threshold that you say that you crossed mm. at one point. So how was that experience? Well, okay. Well, just just for some context, it's not like I, when this happened, I had never meditated before or anything like that. Of course, I had in the past done mantra meditation. In fact, there was one point in my life where I was doing meditation twice a day for an extended period of time, intense med- meditation. And so I'm, I was no stranger to attaining temporary states of consciousness where I might have a glimpse of limitlessness or have very interesting experience that might last a moment or a few minutes or maybe even hours. But the difference between what happened in the spring of 2020 for me was it happened and it didn't end. (laughs) So that's like... (laughs) So, so, and how it happened for me, and it's, it's very simple to say, so it's, it's almost um, not so interesting to tell you what happened, but I'll, I'll tell you what happened. I mean, I was just very simply sitting down and I was uh, quieting the mind. I'd recently had uh, broken up well, with my girlfriend at the time and I was single again. And I'm like, okay, fine. I, I got it. I got to get to the next level. All right. I, I shouldn't mess around anymore. I, I know I need to do something else. There's something else missing. And so I, I close yeah. my, I close my eyes and I, and I focus, I quiet the mind. I focus it to a pinpoint. I just start breathing. I'm focusing on the corners of the breath, which is the moment after the inhale and after the exhale, you, there's a, a pause there focusing on that. My hands in chin mudra, which for those that don't know, that's when you're, hands uh, with your index finger and your thumb are together and your other fingers are straight. And that basically means completion. It's like you're being stubborn that you are complete. Even if you don't feel complete, you're being stubborn that you are complete. And by doing that, suddenly I felt a tingling on the top of my um, scalp, the, the crown area. And I felt like an intense pleasure start to happen there with uh, an Amrita, this nectar, this, uh, dripping down of of just exquisite um, pleasure. It, it's hard, it's indescribable, but it's more pleasurable than any drug or biological intoxication that you can possibly have. And that just inten- started to intensify. It's like the dripping became a pouring, which it became like a, a waterfall of of this that just started to engulf my entire mind and and I had um, you know the feeling of love as well so the combination of both of these things is just it was it, it, the, in, the intensity is indescribable so um, but it's one of those things it's like words fail it's like maybe poetry can come close to describing it but it's until there's no substitute for experience and and ever since that happened 
every day I would get new inspirations and I would write them down and then I would share inspirations socially, uh, locally in China and to not much <laughs> interest in other people here, <laughs> but that's beside the point. And, uh, and yeah, it just evolved. And I just started this philosophy started to reveal itself uh, to me, which um, is, is like beyond scripture, beyond written books. It's like when you cross this threshold of, of uh, illumination, you, you don't have questions anymore. It, instead, the, the answers just keep coming. And <laughs> awesome, awesome. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. So, so that's what's happened. And then, so that's been about a couple of years, um, coming on a couple of years now. So, and it's, it's not ended. It's, it's still going strong. And if anything, it's getting stronger. That's, that's, uh, really nice. Uh, so this, uh, philosophy is also uh, evolving, right? The insights keep coming. Yeah, they, they keep they keep coming. I mean, it's kind of like there's so many different ways to say the same thing. But but ultimately, what it comes down to in the philosophy that, that I'm about is that there are it's not just love, that there's something beyond love called called truth, which is just like you can have an open heart. You can also have an open mind. And just how an open mind is different from an open heart, so also love is different from truth. Truth is like the source of all inspiration from my perspective. And, and uh, unfortunately, well, fortunately or unfortunately, I mean, a lot of the world today, they don't even understand what love is. And a lot of people have never even experienced love, sadly. I mean, I, I hesitate to use the word sadly because I know there's a greater <laughs> cosmic plan and everything has a purpose. And uh, who is it uh, for us to determine whether something is good or bad in the grand context of things? Things happen precisely the way that they're happening for a reason, is, is my context. But, but love is like the inherent nature of who we are. That should be a commonality that everybody should be experiencing all the time. That's, that's like a natural state. And then once you have that natural state too, it makes it easier to experience truth, which is also an experience that's no less tangible than love. And, and so far from what I've seen, a lot of these so-called spiritual teachers, many of them they'll talk about love, but I, I'm not really seeing a lot of people talking about truth and the connection with the crown chakra and how there's that whole other dimension that opens up. Yeah, probably uh, because uh, love will eventually get people to see the truth for themselves. So mm. probably they are just priming people for love because uh, as we know, most people uh, think attachment as love, which, which is not really love. Mm -hmm. It's the opposite of love, like wanting from the other, wanting happiness from the other. Yeah. And um... the other. that's not really love. Yeah, and love is something easier accessible that people can more easily experience love, and that's why you know people love cats and dogs yeah. as pets. So and... Priming people to uh, get to love, opening their heart, probably 
will also help opening their mind. Hmm. Definitely. So what I just told you, that seems to resonate with you, with your experience. Would you say what you've had was quite similar to that? Uh, I would say yes, in a way. It started from uh, the crown itself. Hmm. Uh, first, uh, in the head, I felt it, the tingling in the, between the eyebrows. That's also my experience. And then the throat area also started expanding, contracting. And a warmth was felt in the uh, chest area. So I would say uh, quite similar. But uh, since truth is one, but it can express itself in multiple ways. So after all, uh, there will be some uh, similarity and some uniqueness to the experience of each individual, I would say. I would agree. And the, the sequence of how things happen for people don't necessarily happen in the same order, too. So people. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And it, it's not so linear, like the heart can open first for some, for some mm -hmm. the crown can open first, or for some it might start from the base. So the, the, it's not so linear. It depends. Yeah. So would you say that you, any other experiences happened for you from this? I know there is quite a lot of lore regarding cities and so forth. Have you experienced any cities? Uh, I wouldn't call them cities. Uh, how they are regarded as cities, uh, theoretically, and when they actually happen, uh, totally, uh, it's totally a different experience. Like in uh, November 2019, the biggest experience that I had of, uh, let's call non-dual experience, and that was when I was sitting in a garden and I was looking at a tree in the afternoon and suddenly everything started looking like a hologram. As if it's not three-dimensional, but like a screen, everything is appearing on a screen, two-dimensional. Everything was merging into one. So that was one of the biggest experiences. And then I learned to invoke that experience by staring, which is usually called as the Tratak Kriya in uh, India, in Hinduism. So if mm. uh, we can focus on any object without blinking for uh, five minutes, let's say, then the reality will become very fluid instead of appearing as just objects separated by space. They will uh, appear to be movable. And that was one experience. Another experience that I had was of uh, remote viewing. I did not do it consciously, but I could uh, close my eyes in meditation and certain images would pop up, like certain message from a person coming in WhatsApp. And when I open the eyes and I see the exact message there. So this is a kind of a function of a higher consciousness, which gives us this insight. It's not like I'm doing it. These mm. come just like insights. If we are open, if we have an open mind, we can actually view what's happening far, far away. Mm. But it comes with a, the grace of higher power on. So it's not to get too caught up in it, I would say. Mm -hmm. Well, I agree. And coming from the perspective of a Hindu, have you regarded this other emergence this this new experience of you has it affected your 
uh, religion as a Hindu? Or were you a very devout Hindu before this happened? Or I was not much uh, religious, though mm. I come from a Hindu background. But uh, as of now, I would not identify myself as a Hindu or any uh, particular religion in particular. I would not identify with that. But the base in all religions is the same, that they are talking about uh, there being an absolute truth, which they term as God. So that is one commonality I find in all religions. Beyond that, everybody, I would say, has to pursue to find out the truth on their own and not to rely too much on uh, what religion is pointing at. Because a lot, lot of things are uh, add-on as stories and myths. Yeah, I so agree. I say I mostly identify as a human being as of now, just as an individual human being. Hmm. A superhuman. <laughs> well, everybody is uh, superhuman or at least has the seed to be superhuman. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's beautiful. And I feel the space right now. It's like, this is, this is a nice, it's, it's got a nice vibe. <laughs> sure, sure. Very positive. Yeah, definitely. And as from your experiences, do you identify with the chakra system that you've got the heart chakra and the crown chakra and you've got the third eye chakra? How does that play into your experience? I would say definitely it was part of my experience, though we cannot uh, physically prove their existence, but energetically I did feel the opening of a certain energy in various points in the spine. I did go through them. And with each opening, there was uh, various type of emotions experienced. And it mm -hmm. just corresponds to the specific, uh, if we read it, like the root chakra will correspond to stability. So when it opens, the fear goes away. The fear and worry of future, how you're going to earn your livelihood and that kind of thing goes away. So definitely what is written, it does correspond to the experience. But it does not unfold in a very linear fashion, like the root will open and then corresponding chakras will open. So actually, we all have chakras at a metaphysical level, but they are blocked. Some are overactive, some are underactive. So it's not that everything is closed off. Some people might have a three chakra open by birth, lower three chakra and the upper ones are blocked. Some might have their uh, Ajnaya chakra already open the third eye and rest are blocked. So they might get a lot of siddhis by default, but they might not be spiritual. So yes, uh, the chakra system is primarily what I worked through as a meditator. Mm. The mantra was my uh, uh, chanting om initially was my uh, way of meditation. But then ultimately I started hearing is non-local sound, the sound which most people call as uh, the sound of om. And medically, they will call it as ringing in ear. But I cannot say it's ringing in ear because I cannot locate its location, whether mm -hmm. it is coming from inside or outside. So I... then I started meditating on that sound. Interesting. I've not tried meditating on that sound because I, I hear that too. It's, it's, 
can be quite loud actually <laughs> <laughs> yeah if we meditate it becomes quite loud and then eventually it goes in the background it becomes the base state and mm. it stabilizes so it becoming loud is an intermediary uh, step and it can be very painful <laughs> in the head mm interesting well do you have any other questions for me uh i'd say so how how do you plan like uh, in future how to do like inspire like you say you want to inspire other mind so what what is the plan that you have for the future well that's a good question and what i admire about masters and yogis of the past is that once they have come into a full maturity which i don't claim to be at full maturity yet i i can say that i've crossed that threshold of illumination whereby now i'm in a continuous state of bliss and and love pretty much all the well, bliss definitely all the time love mostly all the time the difference why i can't say that i, I experience love all the time is because the heart also is a center of empathy so you know as an as a, an individual i feel that that is the um how do i say through empathy and being an empath you can experience what other people feel right so um i'm working on having empathy while also having a sense of strong love but i but but the ultimately though where i'm at right now is that the having equanimity of mind impenetrable mind always in bliss that means you're no longer susceptible to fear or doubt or worry or anxiety or feeling nervous or any of those things however i believe the next stage that's more than where i'm at now which is what i'm aspiring towards is having such a strong presence that you can anyone who comes within your periphery can be uplifted it's like having that strong of a presence if that makes sense are you there chandra did i lose you are your microphone uh, yeah sorry okay. networking interruption yeah, yeah but but what I was saying is a lot of these past masters that um, achieved um, success in sparking different awakenings around the world is, is one characteristic common with them is, is having such a powerful presence about them that there's an unmistakable um, sensation of just of, of when somebody comes into that person's presence that they can have a profound experience if that makes sense it looks like your mic got muted again there chandra okay well that, that's really awesome like what you said yes it is possible in presence like people can spontaneously awaken it's true yeah i mean as as an ideal i think for every in fact all of humanity not just me but i think for everyone, that's that's an amazing place to eventually arrive at. If you can come to a place where you are experiencing love and bliss 
so intensely and so strongly that it just radiates out from your being that it can help to create a cascade effect so that anybody that you come in contact with gets transmuted and subject to a powerful experience. And then that can have a ripple effect as, as other people get awakened and their hearts get awakened and they get awakened to bliss. It it's, can just start to spread everywhere in a much uh, definitely spectacular fashion. That, that's actually a, a good way to uh, utilize this experience, this uh, kind of bliss or the power that we are bestowed upon. Kind of, we can say it becomes a purpose to awaken spontaneously others too. Definitely. Yeah. So you asked me where I'm heading. That's where I am heading. And by the grace of the universe, that's where, that's what will happen. And I, I see this not as something that's possible, but as something that is inevitable for everyone. Yes, yes, absolutely. Eventually, that's true. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. Mm. I appreciate I appreciate you a lot and what you are doing. Really, it's a, a good good job. Like uh, that, I would say, kind of uh, the higher power guides us to do it. Otherwise, we wouldn't uh, be even uh, be able to talk about it. Yes, and I would love more people to talk about it. It's like it's like just because we're talking about it, it's like I you know, I'm sure someone else out there is talking about it too <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> oh, definitely there, there are a lot many people that are working to awaken uh, their hearts and to inspire definitely hmm. how about you what do you see yourself as the next stage of of what you want to do as of now I have uh, no particular plans so I'm just uh, simply being myself I think I can do a lot uh, to the people around me simply by being at peace and bliss, it will inspire them eventually in my own circle. So the, the work that I have, the job that I have, I value it as a gift given by the higher power. So if I can keep doing it, keep earning a livelihood and while doing that, whoever I meet in my daily life, that should be enough for me to be able to inspire them mm. with my own uh, happiness and bliss many people have asked like what's the secret so if they're interested then i share my perspective if uh, if somebody is not interested then i don't bother because my individuality is uh, as important to me as theirs is ultimately it's about freedom so mm. they have to choose whether to ask or not otherwise i will, i do not usually affront i won't share it if I may ask, has your wife asked about this sort of thing? Uh, my, my, my wife is also quite uh, religious. Mm. So she has her own uh, way of spiritual practice. And she's not uh, actually, uh, uh, I would not uh, consider like the awakening experience, but in a religious way, she is happy. So I would uh, really let, just, uh, let her be with uh, whatever practice she's doing without interference. For me, she is happy. That's more important. Yeah, and I wouldn't. I'm not trying to suggest otherwise. I was just, I was just curious to how uh, 
you know yeah it's it's a very uh, uh, tricky situation yeah, if all... i currently uh, enforce it then in a way uh, it doesn't come from uh, like the perspective of a higher power higher power has given free will yeah to everybody even higher power would want them to act actively seek at their own will i am a 100% in agree- agreement with you about and that it's the destiny that will bring them to the higher power they it will look like they have used their free will but it is destined for inevitable for everybody to awaken eventually so what i can do is just be there as a presence and be there to answer if asked that i will never deny hmm wonderful well i think this has been a very enlightening conversation and i really appreciate you chandra and i think that you are a special soul that are put here for a reason for sure and i yeah you thank you i also like to think we all are special like deep down there we all are pure souls special waiting to awaken for sure thank you it was a very uh, blissful wonderful experience of uh, this conversation definitely it was very positive thank you thank you for the invite yeah and just to add to what you said because obviously we're in a world that is not enlightened per se however positively we can view it you can <laughs> you can definitely notice that uh, there is still a lot of work to be done here but as you said everything is proceeding perfectly and there is everybody is special and how i like to look at it is everybody's like undercover but they don't even know they're undercover they're so deep <laughs> undercover that they're they've identified with their um undercover identity yes they forgot it's uh, such a big uh, undercover that they themselves forgot yeah exactly got <laughs> caught up in multiple worldly identities that's true specifically i will call the social identity the group thing that they identify with mm, yeah but so it's like everybody's in their deep disguise but they don't realize they've got superman deep down or or <laughs> they're really an x men but they don't know it yet correct correct yeah that's beautiful well listen chandra it's been a pleasure talking with you and i wish you the best of everything there thank in you, india thank you so much i wish you the best too mm. and do you have a fantastic day and uh, by the way is there anything that you want to promote about yourself or anything special going on in your life that you want, if you want people to reach out to you is there a way to to reach uh, you or do or no, do you want to keep it as of now uh, nothing in particular like i'm uh, good at this uh, position that i am in happy and blissful <laughs> okay all right thank you cool. thank you it's been a pleasure yeah absolutely and uh, if if uh, you guys want to uh, contact uh, me personally you got divinity.com and you've got some different social sites like reddit and slack and so forth like that youtube channel but awesome chandra you have a great day and until next time bye bye sure i wish you the same have a great day too all right sure until next okay bye bye So take care bye bye